Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Southern California tickets are now on sale for the Steel Wars 200th podcast live at the Scum and Villainy Cantina on Saturday the 2nd of February at 3.30pm and we will be joined by special interview guest Eric Walker who played Mace Tuani in the 80s Ewok made for TV films A Caravan of Courage, An Ewok Adventure and Ewoks The Battle for Endor. Get ready for behind-the-scenes stories from the films, what it was like to work with Warwick Davis, and, of course, the maker, George Lucas. Plus, we'll have a special audience mic set up if you've got a question to ask, too. And if you can, hang out for a bit after the show and take in all the fun of the Scum and Villainy Cantina. Pre-sale tickets are just $10 and are available from SteelWars.com or $12 on the door from the Scum and Villainy Cantina. I cannot wait to talk Ewoks with Eric and I hope to see you there. But for now, let's get on with the show. I always find it interesting how Star Wars fans relate to the movies and cartoons that they watched when they were children. Whilst many of my guest fandoms come from the original or prequel trilogy, Corey Van Dyke was a child of the Clone Wars cartoon. And on this episode, we hear many of the misadventures his dedication to the animated series has led him on. I remember my friend getting really mad at me because I was supposed to go to the school dance. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm ditching early. So I ditched early to watch Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, be- the best part is I actually brought him with me. Like, I'm like, nah, let's go. Let's go. I got some. Let's watch Clone Wars. And he's like, okay. So we went home and he's like, so you, you left that for this. And I'm like, what? what? Like, that's fighting words to me, dude. Like, you can't for this. Like, this was the, the Mortis episodes, dude. I was in the height of it. I'm like. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody could challenge me at that point. And so, uh, yeah, man, like, uh, there were some moments that happened like that, yeah. Plus, we hear how a kid from Virginia ended up telling bizarre stories about himself on a Star Wars podcast in California, talk Star Wars figures throughout the years, and adjust our collecting strategies for best value and happiness. This is Steel Wars episode 186, Corey Van Dyke, Growing Up Clone Wars. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. And each week we talk to someone of interest about it. And this week I'm very excited to be reunited with my just... Beloved pal. I won't say old friend, but you are a beloved friend. A beloved new friend who's recently made the move to 
California and now to Florida, where we find him now in a starkly decorated apartment with just two Clone Wars posters behind him. Welcome back to Steel Wars, Corey Van Dyke. How you doing, Corey? I'm so happy to be here, Steel. You have no idea. <laughs> How happy exactly? Um, I put these posters up for you. Oh, really? This is me. So this is like a hot date. You've you've decorated your house to have me virtually come over. I mean, I did have it up for a week, but you know, like you know, I used to, we were going to do this at some point. So I'm like, Steel would like this. Don't don't ruin the romance. It's, it's like saying, oh, here's some flowers. I just happened to have yeah. them in my hand, so you may as well have them. <laughs> Keep the romance in our relationship, yeah. Corey. Well, in that case, they went up today. Nice. Seconds yeah, before we started. You. Seconds before. So, yeah, let, when you when you were texting me, I was nailing them in and everything. For, for those that don't listen to Making Star Wars is now, this is podcast. Oh, they're going to hate this. But, <laughs> I, I first of all just wanted to say, if you don't, then I, you know, I, I don't begrudge you. I've been on several shows that I wish no one listened to. But Corey came in for a few months. You, you're a writer on MakingStarWars.net, and yes. you moved to California, and you get, yeah. and you're a, you're the the guest for quite a while, and and now you're in Florida. What what's happening in Florida for you? Uh, well, I came here to do this film school, which is about you know, ten, a 10 minute drive from where I met. And uh, I had to leave California for that, which seems bizarre considering California should be the, the state of film schools, but for some reason I had to move to Florida. And so now I'm in Florida after 10 minutes of living in California. And uh, yeah. It is weird. It's it's like you're in California it is and, weird. and you're going to like Ohio to get a tan. It's like, no, nah, tans are from yeah, California. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's weird, dude. Like I was thinking about that as, because I visited the film school I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Like, you would think that this would be something in California, but no. It's very hot here. How are you yeah. dealing with that? It's tough. You know, the California weather was legit, and here it's like hell. So, well, you you came here for celebration, right? Yeah. Last year? Yeah. Okay, so you know. It's like that times 10 right now. I can't even remember. I was numb the whole time. Yeah. That's too exciting. <laughs> so, just imagine that. Okay. Without the excitement. So let's go back to the start. Let's let's delve into Star Wars fan Corey Van Dyke. What what is your first memory of Star Wars, Corey? I think when I was like two, I had an R two D two plush that, that that talked, really? and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know what it was, but I was all about it. And uh, then I would buy, like, a, I no no no. My cousin had a little R two figure. You know the ones that make the noises and all that. Yeah. And I remember. He let me play with it every time it came over, so I always wanted to go over to his house. Um, but the way I got introduced to Star Wars was through, was through my dad because he was a Star Wars fan growing up, so he grew up with the, the films and all that, the original trilogy. And so when he found out that that my mom was going to have me, he actually started buying Star Wars figures to give to me when I would be a little older. And so like we saw he, he, he had me see A New Hope, one day when I was like six and then he gave me a bunch of figures afterwards, which was pretty cool. What, um, what era of figures were they? This is power of the force too, dude. So they were all buff and I'm like, this is crazy, <laughs> but I was all about it. <laughs> yeah. <So> yeah. <laughs> Luke Skywalker's yeah. going to Toshi station to do some reps. He's hitting the gym. Oh yeah. Well, 
and the funny thing about that, because I thought about this last year, I'm like, wow, there were some really good figures that came out long past that to the time where I was six. Like, there were some really good, fully articulated, like, Luke Skywalker that looks like Mark Hamill. But for some reason, these, like, now I have a special, like, place in my heart for these figures, which is whack, but they're cool. That's so crazy, because when you were getting these unborn figures... <laughs> I was like in my hometown, like shopping centers, <laughs> like searching yeah. for them. The yeah. um, the hardest one to get, and rightly so. I, I never really worked out. There's a lot of folklore about this. The first ever Power of the Force two Princess Leia figure. Okay. In a New Hope outfit. Now it is one of the worst action figures of old. Like her face. It's, yeah. It, it looks like yeah. a like a a, a rabies ridden monkey. It's it's not, <laughs> and you know Carrie Fisher is yeah. you know is without fault. Love Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Like they did her face, her beautiful face, such a disservice. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, but I'm not sure because it was so hard to get. It was on the back of the packets. Do you know what I mean? They had eight figures, mm-hmm. and you could you could, I could find all the other figures, but I could just never find Princess Leia. Yeah. And we didn't really have like, you know, internet sites that could tell you what was going on. Like you couldn't just go onto Yak Face and they'd give you the UPC code yeah. or whatever. It was just, you know, you just had to ask. It was just hearsay. And, right. and, and the word was that it was so bad that they just didn't make it. But then one day I'm in my supermarket and mm-hmm. no, I was in Kmart. I was in Kmart and I'd had this. I'd had the dream of this happening, and that's walking down the aisle of Kmart in the toy aisle, and seeing the restocked Star Wars figures and seeing mm-hmm. the Princess Leia figure. Like this one, this haunted me. Not having this figure. If I had this figure, I would have a complete Power of the Force two collection, which admittedly was just eight figures: the Millennium Falcon, the X Wing. Okay. You know, there was only. I think there was only four things. Mm-hmm. There was, there was the Millennium Falcon, the Land Speeder, the X-Wing, the TIE Fighter, eight figures. That's all you yeah. could get. Right. So I just needed this figure, and then I was like the Steve Sansweet of Power of the Force 2. <laughs> I was completist. Do you know what I mean? Loose and carded or just... No, loose. Loose. Okay, loose. I, there, was okay. A, there was a lot of debate back then. You know, people were like, you know, hoarding the figures on card because they sort yeah. of thought, hey, we just need to wait 20 years. And these are going to be worth 400 bucks, like, mm-hmm. you know, which mm-hmm. I, I don't think, um, I think the bubble that, popped Yeah, that's that. in well. Yeah, so I'd had this dream. I would dream mm-hmm. about finding this Princess Leia figure. And then I walk into Kmart one day and I'm halfway down the aisle and I, it's on the peg. Like, this is real life, but it felt yeah, okay. like the dream because I'd been thinking about it so much. Was this the day after the dream? No, this... no, but this dream was happening okay. all the time. It was like, okay. like this figure was like, yeah. it was the one piece missing out of my life at the time. You know, I was, okay. I was, I was very yeah, young, that's... but you know, things I know what you're saying. Together. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to restrain myself from pushing someone out of the way that wasn't even looking at the Star Wars figures. <laughs> I was just I, I, like, once word gets out in this, in this Kmart that they've got the Princess Leia figure, it's going to be on. Yeah. They, they're all going to flock. But yeah, those muscly ones, I remember just like going, oh, okay, I guess that's just what people want. 
I just want normal ones. I was always annoyed yeah. that they didn't just make the one perfect figure. You know, obviously, it's more profitable to do 30 different versions of the same Luke Skywalker. But sure. It, it kind of bugged me how they... Like, because in the original, like, Kenner line, it was like, you just got one shot. Like, even to a fault right. where they, they never fixed up Darth Vader's lightsaber. Like, do you know what I mean? They never made him... Yeah. It was always telescoping and stuff. Right. But, um... So, from watching it, like, that early, you know, year, year six, what, what what sort of... What stuck with you? What, 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 what kept you with it from that initial screening? Um... I, I probably Luke, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Like the entire time I really liked the character and I was like, this is, this is a pretty, it's a pretty cool story. You know how he goes from a farm boy and then he's starting to become this Jedi. And, but I do remember like when they're, when he's in the X wing and he's about to blow up the death star. It was my first, I think movie at the time that was like really long. I remember turning around to my dad and I freaked him out by saying this. I'm like, is this movie almost over? Just cause I wasn't sure. And I was so into it, but he was like, uh, you do not like it? I'm like, no, I love it. It's just very long. <laughs> and, uh, but like, I, I'll never forget the look on his face of like, what are you, what are you insinuating here? And, uh, no, but, and then afterwards, the funny part is, um, because I knew he liked Star Wars. So he, he never, he made sure that I never had any exposure to Star Wars until I saw it. <gasps> like none. Oh my God. Because, you know, little content yeah. Saunders. As, yes. as he's been named in the Making Star Wars studio. Yes, I'm going to name course. my firstborn son content, which admittedly oh. is kind of tempting, but I... <laughs> Jackie is, does not agree at all. Middle name, dude. But we were trying to... Oh, imagine that. Content's my middle name. Yes. <laughs> Jackie's in the other room and just yelled out, <laughs> No! No! <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was talking, uh, we did the call-in show before and I was talking to King Tom and uh-huh. we were discussing like, how do you, cause obviously in the first year you can do whatever you want cause they're not remembering anything. Right. So, but as far as watching Star Wars and stuff. Exactly. But, but yeah. then do you, yeah, do you put the kibosh on it and not like, cause we've got all these, um, you know, golden books that sort of go through the stories. Right. They're really sweet. I can't wait to like. You know, the pictures are so cool and I've, I've held back yeah. going through them, but I just want to see how they're going to interpret, um, you know, Star Wars for kids. Like, you know, it's right. just, and the pictures are so cute. But yeah, so I was wondering about what, you know, because I, I imagine with like, um, you know, our friend Jason's kids, it sort of just bleeds into their life. Like, yeah. you sort of know yeah. that Darth Vader's Luke Skywalker's um, dad before you've seen the film just through for sure through pop culture yeah well i mean as much as he tried to prevent me not finding things out i do i'm pretty sure i knew that i'm pretty sure i knew that darth vader was luke skywalker's father because i don't remember being surprised when i saw it it's like oh yeah the kids at school talk about that so there are certain things that you can't prevent and and i, and I also knew that luke was leia's sister because like a friend of mine at the time it was elementary school uh, and I told him I was watching the films, not to tell me anything. So naturally, he told me that Luke and Leia were related. <laughs> so I, that's how I knew about that. 
I remember, like, even when I was watching Return of the Jedi, my dad's like, so what'd you think of that revelation? I'm like, yeah, I knew about it for a couple weeks, but, you know. <laughs> so it was kind of, <laughs> he tried so hard not to not to have that happen. But w- what we did is we did, like, a movie each weekend. Nice. So, and each time we saw the movie, he would still have figures for, for me and my sister at the time. My sister, she's still my sister, but we're, <laughs> we're like, <laughs> we're, uh, she got figures, too. <laughs> and, uh. She was into it too. I mean, to to certain degree. So, so, um, so were the figures themed around that movie? They were, yeah. So, so, so like then it was like, oh, here's here's Endor, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Tight. So, yeah. So for Return of the Jedi, we got like the Rancor and Wicked and Endor, Luke, and all of those guys. And um, then I remember, like, then we did the prequels. So obviously, at the I like the prequels still, but at the time I didn't know. As a kid, you don't know that hatred that, that some people feel towards these things. You just don't know that. And so I remember watching the prequels and like totally loving Revenge of the Sith. And so we also got figures from the prequel films as well. And uh, like after that point, I don't think my dad realized what he had done in the sense that like I wanted to keep buying them. Like I'm like, well, <laughs> I, you know, I need this version of Anakin from episode two. I, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but the interesting part is like a couple weeks before we'd seen a new hope he had, I had bought him this Darth Vader action figure from the store. I mean, my mom had, cause we knew he liked star Wars. I don't think he was happy that I had exposure to Darth Vader, that figure. Cause I really didn't know who he was. And so I remember like after we saw a new hope before he gave us the figures, I'm like, can I, can I see that Darth Vader figure? He's like, no, you got to return it. And I was pissed. <laughs> That, that like for like six year old me for like an hour was like dang I just saw this awesome movie I can't even look at that Darth Vader figure and then obviously that changed so like we I remember like we walked through like I went into my room and he had the Star Wars music playing and had the figures on the ground and I'm like whoa so it was a uh, it was pretty cool it was a it was a cool memory of uh, watching those movies so were they on like in packets on card yeah yeah okay. they were in the box everything what do you remember about the packaging and stuff I, i've got such like defined memories of all that stuff from when i was little. oh yeah i remember like the orange cards and the green cards and the, the kind of the variations of all the pictures oh it was um it was huge when they changed from orange to green like got the, the, I was the lightsaber curious, yeah. thing yeah but and, and, yeah yeah and there was like a few waves where like collectors, I don't know, like what would have been a figure, maybe like a, a rebel fleet trooper. You could get that on mm-hmm. orange and green card. And then there was like, right. a, there was like a hologram sticker on some of them and stuff. Yeah. And then like the, the, that little film cell or something that they used to have attached to it. Ah, the freeze frame. That was the freeze frame. That was a good yeah, range yeah. of figures. That was a good range. Those of figures. were cool. Um, but then like, I think it was. It must have been a year or two later. There was a trailer for um, the Clone Wars, the the film, mm-hmm. and I saw that trailer and I'm like, "Whoa, there's a Star Wars film actually coming out." Because obviously, at that point, I had learned that like there was no more Star Wars after that. You know, you, nobody thought that anything was going to happen. I wasn't online reading anything about Clone Wars, so when I saw that trailer, like I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, "Is this a movie coming out?" And I was totally freaking out over it. And then, so when the, uh, you know, when I finally found out it was a movie coming out and a show and all that, I remember the Midnight Madness launch for Clone Wars figures. That was like July of 2008. And so I didn't go at midnight, but I went the next day and I bought like Anakin and Captain Rex and I was hooked. 
to Clone Wars because like I'd like the films prior. I loved them, but this was the first time I was actually like in real time experiencing Star Wars. Yes. So it was different. Yeah. When did um you know, your dad's like sounds like he was a pretty big fan. Yeah. When did you sort of realize when when did you like overtaken your father? Like now you were the master. When you when you when you <laughs> yeah. were dropping Star Wars knowledge that he didn't know. Uh, I, I think like probably when Clone Wars was coming out, because I, I found the internet and started saying all these things and started buying more figures. Every time I'd get money, I'd buy figures, or every time I'd, you know, for birthdays or whatnot, I'm like, I want this and want that. But did you know who this character is? Do you know who that character is? And and then uh, and and now, you know, at this at this stage. Uh, I, I sometimes ask him, like, I'm like, did you, did you, you understand, like, what you've created at this point? <laughs> like, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's this podcast and all this crazy stuff happening. So, um, yeah, I would say probably like a year later after I saw the movies, I, I was the master at seven. <laughs> yes, so, sir. Obviously, you're a huge Clone Wars fan. Yeah. Did you start with the film? Did you go to the cinema? Oh yeah, I dressed up. I think as Anakin, and I saw the the film, and and they were running like this Happy Meal promotion. So they had like those bobbleheads. I don't know if you remember those, but they're like uh, Clone Wars bobbleheads on ships. Oh, I and hated them. Hated them. I think we talked about that before. Yeah, and uh, my mission was to get all the Clone Wars ones. Uh-huh. Uh, so we had gone earlier that day before I saw the film. Got like Anakin or something. And then we saw the movie, but then my dad surprised me and my sister and took us to see it twice. So, you know, I had, like, my mom with me, my dad, my sister, we all watched Clone Wars. And, like, dude, from that day, I'm like, Ahsoka is, like, my Luke Skywalker. Like, that's when I knew right there. Instantly. I'm like, I can't. Instantly. Because that next day, I, I'm like, we got to find that Ahsoka Happy Meal because toy, because they didn't have a figure out yet. Um, like I, I got to get it, and I actually got it the next day, which was great. But yeah, uh, those, yeah, those toys. It was it was sort of like so you get like a Republic cruiser, and then with just like yeah. a giant Padme head coming out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. no. There, there was yeah. like there was like a Burger King, like they did toys that they did uh, over yeah. the whole saga, and there was like plush, and there was like plastic, and they are amazing. They, yeah, there was good variation. They mm-hmm. ruin any Star Wars Happy Meal toy that's ever been made. They are... I'd agree with that for sure. Yeah, yeah. so good. Now, I've got a bit of a confession that might that okay. might strain our friendship, Corey. It might. I went to see the Clone Wars movie okay. at, at the cinema and I've never watched it again. Oh, wow. So this has been... It's been 10 years since you've seen it. Yeah, right? I j- why, why is that? I just never had the urge. It, it, I, I left very disappointed. Like there was, I, I hear that a lot from people. Yeah, because yeah, I sort of like because the trailer was quite more gritty than the yeah, actual that's film, true. and yeah, like all the Sky Guy stuff and that. It was just like this is pitched way younger. This this is this yeah. There's there's some weirdo with some um. His parents and and a bunch of muscly figures that would be uh, enjoying this at age seven. <laughs> exactly. Well, the funny thing about it is, like, I just because we're doing Clone Wars commentaries on first order transmission, so I listened to 
uh, or we did a commentary on the Clone Wars film. And I, this was the first time where I'm kind of like, wow, I'm seeing it in a totally different light because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can understand how as, a, as an adult fan going into it, you might not think it's the greatest because it's not. I mean, it wasn't really meant to be a movie. So it's. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested if like knowing where it goes will like, do you know what I mean? Like all that Sky Guy yeah. stuff will. yeah be a bit easier i have been meaning to rewatch. it's easier now i'll tell you like because and it didn't bother me when i was a kid obviously but like it's a lot easier to adjust to like that early animation and some of the character development in that movie because you know where it goes you know where soka goes you know where she's at now and rex and all that so it's definitely helped i think watching it again it'll help a lot more yeah and i i think like now we're like quite used to Ahsoka and obviously she's one of the most yeah. beloved characters but at the time it was like oh so there just happens to be a Padawan that's never mentioned in any of the movies right quite at the time I remember it being quite jarring of just like well why isn't she mentioned huh 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 like right. you know I mean? oh, but, we get that a lot now that's for sure with everything we're getting yes yeah I mean one thing too with the Clone Wars series and the show is like the action figure line for me went hand in hand with the show and I, I think we've talked about this before, but that line is like, in terms of what Hasbro's produced, is one of the best, I think, action figure lines they've ever done because they paid attention to detail, they made them animated, great sculpts, a lot of weapons. Compared to what we're getting now, it's completely different. Like That was, I think, the golden age of uh, Star Wars collecting for the modern kind of uh, that, collecting. Corey, excellent podcasting. The next question I was going to ask you, when did you think was... The glory age of Hasbro. There you Kings. go. You reckon Clone Wars? I think Clone Wars, because Vintage Collection and Clone Wars were coming out at the same time. So you had, like, the vintage packaging with a bunch of, you know, prequel original trilogy characters. And then Clone Wars, I mean, they were constantly busting out different waves for them. Like, you would get, like, an Ahsoka and, and the scuba gear outfit, and then one in, like, a space gear outfit, and you're, ne- you're never going to see that again from mm. Hasbro. And not only that, but, like, you could tell it was, like, a labor of love from, from what they... Like, you could tell they were genuinely excited about what they were doing. Um, oh, I, I forget the guy who was in charge at Hasbro at that time. Um, Daryl DePrace? Yes. Yeah, and I think he uh, he kind of understood the way collecting should work. Um, I'm not... Yeah. It was interesting. I watched... Um... Did you ever watch the Toys That Made Us on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they did the Star Trek one, and yeah. like the, the toy line, the Star Trek line is like, it took a long time to click, like where they had like good entertainment out there, like Star Trek Next Generation and a good toy license because they had a lot mm-hmm. of problems. Like they'd put out a good film and then they'd get another toy license. Then the next film wouldn't do well. So then the, like yeah. all this stuff, but in the playmates one, which yeah. was the long running one because they had the TV show to work with, they could do yeah. every two months a Picard in a new outfit because he was having so many adventures. And then they had right. like, when they're on the hollow deck, they could do those outfits and stuff. Yeah. And that was their theory they talked about. It was like, oh, there's always every character, every major character's there, but he's just always in a different outfit. So yeah. the people that just want to buy their first set of figures are set. And then the collectors are just like, 
gobbling it up. And it seemed like that in, like, for Star Wars was that time. And I think that was, like, when they just brought out, like, some stunning toys, like the, the big Millennium Falcon and, and yeah. then yeah. later on, like, the upsized Adat, which, mm-hmm. like, incredible. Like, that, that, yeah, it's that, good stuff. that big Millennium Falcon's like a trip to a theme park. Yeah, it's superior to anything you'll see now, that's for sure. Well, and what's interesting about, like, that line, too, is, I mean, obviously, the price point compared to now would be different, you know, because of the economy, but 150 bucks for that Millennium Falcon seems like a steal right now compared oh, yeah. to some of the prices, you know, because it's like 100 bucks for that Solo Falcon, and it's like that. It's puny. So oh, my it's, God, that's $100? It's 100 bucks, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think at Toys R Us it was like 150, so there's a reason why clothes, but it's it's, yeah. But well, I don't know if the toys that made it, yeah. So I'll give you a exclusive steal. Yes, finally. The uh, the Star Wars edition of that. I don't think I've ever said it, but I made a brief appearance in it, in a way, because I'm such a Clone Wars psychopath. I think they were having issues of finding Ahsoka action figure images that like had her progression. So I got an email from them one day. They're like, hey, yeah, I had like a bunch of watermarks on it. Like, can we use that picture for the documentary? I'm like, sure. So if you see the Clone Wars part, you'll see that Ahsoka picture front and center. <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> yep. Yes. Thank you for that exclusive story that you've told me before. Have I told you that? Yes. Really? I don't know if it's on a podcast or not. But oh wow! I, I hope not. I definitely had been told. I definitely had been <laughs> told. So, you know, you've mentioned Ahsoka, you've mentioned Luke, but who, yes, who's your character? Who's my favorite character right now? Of all time. Okay, so I I bounce back between two. And for for the sake of it, because I'm in such a Clone Wars mode right now, this might change. But I've always said it's Ahsoka. So I'm going to go with Ahsoka right now. But ever since I saw The Force Awakens, I've loved Rey's character. And I've constantly put her on a pedestal. But now the Clone Wars is coming back. I feel a lot better. Um, but Anakin's definitely somewhere there. Ahsoka. That's my, that would be number one. Now, speaking of Ahsoka. Yeah. How many autographs do you have from Ashley Eckstein? Oh boy, um, I mean, about like sixty-five. Yeah. Had now explain that to me without me thinking that right. You're maybe there's a problem. There should be some intervention, <laughs> right? Um, no, I went to a lot of those Star Wars weekends events in Florida uh, a couple of years back for like four years straight. And the way it would work is you would go into the park each morning. You would line up for fast passes. You got free autographs from these actors. So, like, you didn't have to pay a dime to, to meet them. And that's obviously different than, like, a celebration where you have to pay, like, 40 bucks a pop. A lot of the weekends I would go down, Ashley was always there. And I'm a huge Ahsoka fan, so I constantly had things to get signed, whether it was, like, new figures or, you know, like a Hot Wheels car or 8x10 images or posters or you know, all that stuff. And so uh, I just made it happen. And I got, like, 65. And I... I Every time I tell that story, people look at me and go, like, you got issues, man. So, you know, it's – it's. Uh, I remember when I had Jason Ward come down to Virginia where I lived before I moved to Chicago until I moved to California. I was in Virginia, and Jason helped me move 
to Chicago and he was flipping through my autograph book and he's like, Hey man, you got a lot of Eckstein's in here. I'm like, dude, you don't even, you don't need, you don't know. You don't know. And I don't think he knew until San Diego Comic-Con when we, when we all kind of talked about it. But, uh, yes, I did have a lot at one point. But why in your head is it not weird? Or do you? Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's psycho. Uh, <laughs> fully, I fully admit it. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, to be fair, I feel like I have is I mm, I have probably had about like forty D Bradley Baker autographs for for the clones and like you know like twenty Matt Lanners and but nothing uh, nothing not as many Eckstein's and, and and it's funny because she definitely remembers me let's put it that way like when we were at a San Diego <laughs> Comic Con <laughs> this this year uh, I I had this like I think it was like twelve when I met her and I gave her stuff. So I gave her this uh, this book of Clone Wars trading cards. Okay, it was the complete collection steal. It was I was badass for doing this, and so I gave her a binder filled with Clone Wars cards, the complete set. I had acquired them in months of collecting them. And I'm like, I'm going to give it to Ahsoka. So I gave it to her, and I gave her a letter, and it just explaining why. And I actually also asked her on the Wolfpack podcast in that letter, and uh, she asked me to sign the letter, and I was like. I have video footage of this too. That's not public, but it's there. It's out there. And, uh, I signed, I signed the letter. So what do you mean? She, has you one, the letter? she asked me to sign it. She wanted my autograph. I'm like, all right, you got it. So she, I might have 65 of hers, but she has one of mine. <laughs> yep. I only 60 for the difference. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, when you put it that way. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying this episode of Steel Wars, please do not keep that to yourself. Pod it forward. Independent podcasts like Steel Wars live and breathe from listener word of mouth. Listeners just like you. The new episode announcement is always pinned to the top of our Twitter and Facebook feed. So head over there, drop us a share or retweet and let your followers know. Even if just one person sees it and checks out the podcast, you have done me a huge favor. So thank you in advance. Also, if you're on iTunes, please think about dropping us a sweet five-star review. It only takes seconds and it bumps us up the rankings and vouches to other potential listeners that we're doing some good stuff. Thanks so much for all your support. And now... Back to that show. What about background characters? Who do you love in the background? Uh, like in for anything, all yeah. the movies in Star Wars. Oh, not, not uh, Gamorrean guards. Really? Yes, I freaking love them. I love them so much, and nobody understands why. Well, but except for you, we talk about it. Explain your uh, your choice. I don't. I. There was a the vintage collection, 2010. They released Hasbro released a Gamorrean guard. It had like soft good robes or like fur. It had two axes, and I'm like, that's a cool looking pig. And I would go around like looking for it, and I could never find it. But then like a year later, I found it, and I've always liked them. Return of the Jedi, and then they make an appearance at Clone Wars. And I just like the way they look, the way they like sound. And on top of that, they're just 
they're freaking green pigs in Star Wars, and they move, and they're part of Jabba's palace, and I just think that's great. And that's kind of why I want a solo sequel the most, because I want to see the Morning Guards again. So, Ooh. But that might be the only reason I want a sequel. Is I love Solo, and I want to see a sequel so bad, but if they have a Morning Guards in it, dude, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, because we've never seen them on screen again. No. Have they been in Clone no. Wars? So we had yeah. Anim- oh, yeah. animated Gamorreans? Okay. Yeah, they, they didn't look that great in it, but they were in it. I tell you yeah. what, there, there is a lot of, when you look at them with modern eyes, oh, brutal figures in that original Kenner line. Yeah. But a few of the, um, the creature figures are spot on or, or great for the era. And the Gamorrean, yeah. the Gamorrean Guard is one of them. That, yes, that holds up as a great bit of plastic. Yeah, I had to buy the uh, the jumbo one, like the the one the General Giant ah, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was Gamorrean Guards, man. I just bought the Black Series one, and it's oh, that one looks sick. That one it's looks awesome. Sick. But yeah. I, I remember like seeing a photo. It was on the cover of like a Return of the Jedi poster book when I was very young, and just blowing my mind. Just like, what is? How did this happen? How is there a green yeah. pig that's a, like dressed up? I didn't know he was a guard yeah. or what. I was just like, how does this thing exist? Yeah. Because the aliens really was just so fascinating. And, and to be a little kid for Return of the Jedi and, and all the Jabba's Palace aliens and, and the Ewoks was just tantalizing to, to live through. Yeah. Yeah. So when the um, the Clone Wars came out, you 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 were mm-hmm. rocking this. I don't even like. Did, did you watch it on Saturday mornings? How did that work here? The, yeah, Friday nights. They had them on Friday nights for four seasons. So I would always watch them Friday nights. And uh, how old were you when you were watching this? Um, I think I was ten when I no, I was like nine when the movie came out. So I was nine when I was watching this show for the first time. Up until obviously when it stopped airing, and like, yeah, I mean, there were times where I've I've kind of, um, like there was this one time in high school, not high school, like a uh, middle school. I remember my friend getting really mad at me because I was supposed to go to the school dance. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm ditching early, so I ditched early to watch Clone Wars, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> The, be- the best part is I actually brought him with me. Like, I'm like, nah, let's go. Let's go. I got some. Let's watch Clone Wars. And he's like, okay. So we went home and he's like, so you, you left that for this. And I'm like, what? what? Like, that's fighting words to me, dude. Like, you can't for this. Like, this was the, the Mortis episodes, dude. I was in the height of it. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody could challenge me at that point. And so, uh. Yeah, man, like, uh, there but, were some moments that happened like that, yeah. But do you realize, mm-hmm. like, on paper, in yes. high school, to leave the school dance on a Friday night to go home and watch the Mortis arc? Yeah. Socially, it doesn't look so good. And no, it really doesn't. And uh, I thought of, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about those moments recently, and I'm like, man, I could have just watched it when I got back. I, I, I could have just pressed record on that VHS and just been like, I could have wasn't. Where was time gonna go? You know what I'm saying? Like, I could have had a good time and then come home, watch Clone Wars. 
but I didn't, did I? And uh, now we're here. But I, I, at the same time, I, I do admire yeah. your, your dedicate that you're into stuff. I, I, I like, I, it always, um, I fear people that aren't into stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 The, yeah. I, I would agree with that. There's some, like I've met some people. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone should be so overboard as us. I'm not saying that's, yeah. that's a good path either. Sure. Like Goldilocks it, get in the middle. Find some right. find some warm fandom, but uh, for sure, yeah. That's um, yeah. I feel when you're telling me that story of you and your friend going home to watch the Mortis Arc, like I I feel like I'm watching it on a movie, like <laughs> like super bad or something. And just like, no, mm-hmm. don't leave. Don't the girl yeah. wants to dance. Dance with yeah. the girl. Right, right. I, well, I mean, I believe there was even one time where. Um, a classmate of mine, she was like really cool. We'd been hanging out for like a year, had asked me to a school dance that oh, weekend. But Corey, you're making it worse. Yeah, th- this one is bad. There and is I'm, a girl I'm... that wanted to dance. Yeah, and I'm 90% sure Clone Wars was on that weekend. That's why I didn't go. I'm 90% certain. So Clone Wars went, it's six seasons. So it was on TV for five. Right. Right. And so. You started watching it on television when you were 10, so you went to mm-hmm. 15, and that's maybe like like one of the biggest transition five years. Like, do you know what I mean? You're very different yeah, from yeah. when you're 10 to 15, but this show, sure. you watch the whole way through. Yeah. Um, so it obviously like like stuck to your very being that you went from, you know, like you're far more discerning when you're 15 from when you're 10. You mm-hmm. love this show right. the whole way through, which I find very interesting. Yeah. Well, I think it constantly changed. Like, they always talk about how they knew their demographic when they started, and they constantly made the seasons darker with that in mind, with the fact that there were going to be kids like me that grew up with that show gradually, and that the darker it got and the more, you know, tone shifts happen it would start to resonate with that point in your life when you start to look into movies that are more dark or brutal than like Toy Story, you know? Mm-hmm. What was there anything when you were watching it that you thought, Oh, this is a bit whack. Or was yeah. it just like, everything's great. No, there were, I mean, when they did a lot of the droid stuff, I was just kind of like, and it's funny cause they, uh, in season five, I was waiting for that Darth Maul arc, and my, my birthday was going to fall on one of the Clone Wars episodes. And it was that droid arc with, um, with, with Mieber Gascon. And I don't hate that arc by any means. I enjoy it now more than I did when I watched it. But I remember it was my birthday in the first episode premiered, and I was thinking it was going to be the Darth Maul ones. And I'm like, wow, that's an interesting twist there. So, not that they were bad, I think, especially Steven Stannon did such a good job as Gascon, but that's not my favorite arc. So there were definitely times where. Yeah. I remember, um, you know, following podcasts that would sort of review the shows and stuff. And once it got stuck in an arc that like a droid arc or something, it it seemed to take years to click to the next arc. So yeah. Yeah, it did. Like there's that one in season four, you know, where like three PO and R2 have this two episode, arc where they go on this adventure and there's like these small people and they like r2 squishes the main leader on accident it's 
supposed to be like a like a Gilligan's Island kind of episode, and I'm just like, eh, eh. you know, it's they were, it, it's not without its faults, that's for sure. But they're very few and far between, I think, in that in that show. What did you think of Rick Tanzan? Oh, we've talked about this, but uh, 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 I actually I didn't question it. So it, it didn't even. I was like, yeah, it's a shark in Star Wars. What's new? So it, I didn't. No, I was fine with it. But I'm interested to hear your take on it. Oh, I just yeah. I just tapped out. I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. I, <laughs> it was it was so yeah. ridiculous. But then I, I've gone like once the I think when the Netflix ones came out, then I was sort of like. Yeah, I went and started watching them on Netflix and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of went through them all. And I, I think it's easier to endure the parts of it you don't like when the other stuff's already out that you can then... Yeah, you like, can jump to and stuff, yeah. And you just know that, like, this thing's, you know, come out and stuff like that. It, it's, it's a bit easier. Yeah. That's why I always think um, if Episode Nine does its job and kills it, then people yeah. that are like down on the Last Jedi might like it a bit more with how the story plays out. That's what I think. I think. Yeah, yeah. I so. Well, I mean, I think the thing for Clone Wars too was um, compared to like some like when I rewatch Rebels on Blu-ray, I have an easier time watching it because I'm not the biggest fan of Rebels, as you know. But when I watch Rebels, when I watch it as a consistent thing, it's a lot better. The thing I loved about Clone Wars is I felt like when they did arcs, especially like dark ones with the clones or whatever, it was always a really cool thing where each week you would get the suspense. And I feel like I haven't felt that with any other animated show yet. Mm-hmm. For Star Wars, aside from some of the big stuff with Clone Wars characters in Rebels, but that's something I'm very looking forward toward happening next year when they when they bring it back. Where do you rank Clone Wars with the films. Nothing's going to touch Clone Wars. Really? That's how I am. Yeah. I've, I, I don't think I'll ever change my mind on that. Yeah. There, there was a time where I thought Force Awakens had beat it, but then I'm like, nah. It has not. So yeah, Clone Wars is always going to be number one, I think. It's like, it's kind of like My Empire Strikes Back or my original trilogy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll always be that, that thing that can't be touched. By uh, anything, because like even when I rewatch it today, while there are some episodes like we were talking about, even in season one, they're a little kid friendly. When you watch like season two to five, there are so many compelling stories in there, so many dark arcs. I mean, especially with the clones, I love that stuff. Uh, And there's some good stuff in season one too, but that's mostly like a hit or a miss season. But I feel like the level of darkness that's—I'm not saying that Star Wars has to be dark completely. But the like the stake level in some of these episodes is kind of unparalleled to the films in some instances. So, uh, yeah. What, what's 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 the top arc? The top arc, man. It's it's so hard to choose. I would say right now, it's the uh, the Umbara arc in season four, where you get Pongrel and Rex and Fives, and they have to kind of figure out that this Jedi is not a good uh, a good guy and you go through that arc where he makes them literally kill each other without ah, them knowing it the, he's like a yeah. four-armed big Jedi or something yeah oh, yeah he's, he's, he's like he's, Dexter Jexter yeah he's a dick yeah. 
Yeah, it's, but it's such a good arc because it's like that's where the clones start to question the war and you see this really dark element to the show. Um, I'm sure there's movie references in there that I'll start to get at some point. But Once film school kicks in. It's, right, exactly. That'll know it all. So what's your favorite scene in all of Star Wars? Normally people just, this is just out of the movies that people choose oh, from, but you, yeah. you've got the whole slate. Um, oh my God, dude. Um, well, to, to be honest with you Please be right honest now, Please. yes, I will <laughs> right now. I, I'd have to go with Ray and Kylo fighting the Praetorian guards, because that was one of those things where in the theater, when we're all watching it together, like I, I didn't know spoilers going into last Jedi. I knew everything that happened in force awakens, but that was that one scene where Snoke dies and then they're turning around to fight them where, like, that... But of all time. Oh, man. That one's pretty good. I remember seeing it, realizing what was about to happen. Yeah. And just, like, going, like, fist clenched, just like, yes. Like, I had no idea that was on the cards. Like, when Snoke died, yeah. I was just like... Oh, <gasps> yeah. And I was, yeah. And, and I was so excited that everything had just completely changed. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like all, you know, cards were off the table. And yeah, that battle, I, I, find, I find it really weird that, you know, some people don't like that there's no lightsaber battle in The Last Jedi. Yeah, even though they had like the most epic one without like the sabers actually touching, but it's still like, yeah, just it was as like, good. yeah. But, but you got to, a battle with lightsabers that was insane. In my opinion, yeah. I, just, I, I, I remember just like my excitement in the cinema. It was like I was putting my like a foot on my accelerator. I was just like, yeah, yeah. And and as you yeah. they're just about to fight, ah, oh, I was thrilled. thrilled. You know, and if I were before Last Jedi, I would say, and it still might be the case now, but when Luke and Vader fight in Return of the Jedi, that's always been a favorite of mine. Like when he's going at it and he cuts off his hand and he throws the saber, all that entire scene, mm. I like a lot. So that's definitely up there. Um, but there's so much of Clone Wars I'd have to really think about it. So I'm not sure right now about that. Corey. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you laid eyes upon a Funko Pop? Yeah, I do, and and I hated it <laughs> when I first saw them. Yeah, I I actually was. I think I went to the first day they were available at Target, the first wave of Star Wars ones, and I'm just like, these suck. I I I didn't like them at all. I thought that it was a dumb idea. They had just replaced like Hasbro's Mighty Mugs, which I thought were pretty cool, and fun. like, well, they didn't actually replace those, but. I, in my mind, I'm like, that's the replacement for the Mighty Mugs. I just thought that they were weird looking. I'm like, they creep me out with the strange eyes, and I, I wasn't into it. Um, naturally, even though I hated it, I bought Chewbacca. So um, then I started... I didn't really get into them until Force Awakens, though. Like, when the, the midnight launch for them happened, and I was seeing all the Force Awakens, I was like, all right, these are pretty cool. So I bought the whole Force Awakens set, and then I went back and bought everything else. Uh, so when did... When did Funko start making Star Wars stuff? 
2011, they started. Um, and so, had, so Clone Wars was still going then, but they just it was still going. But they just yeah. weren't making Clone Wars pops. No, no. So that's probably why my interest wasn't fully there either. Mm. Um, but yeah, Clone Wars was in its height, and the action figure line was at the top it's ever been. So. I was kind of indifferent about them. And then, like, I didn't like the bobblehead aspect of it either. I'm like, these are going to break over time. And, yeah, we've uh, we've come far from that moment. We've come far. That's have for we? sure. I, I kind of think we have. So, <laughs> so have. you said you didn't like the way they looked. What what, what changed your mind? What, what, what? Um, I think I was I was doing too much of a comparison between them and like the Mighty Mugs. Do you, do you remember the Mighty Mugs? Yeah, they they just tried to bring them back. I think they failed they, again. Yeah, yeah, it looks it's not even they. Uh, so, yeah, the the Funkos compared to those Mighty Mugs, I'm just like these aren't. They're nothing compared to those. But then, they would release like a Darth Maul. And I remember getting Darth Maul and kind of started getting into them a lot more. And then I just thought, like, it's kind of a cool thing that they're totally different from anything else that anybody has done. So that's why I started getting into them. And then Force Awakens happened, and I was in that, like, I'm going to spend all my money on all Star Wars stuff. And so I bought them all. And then I'm like, I might as well buy them all. I, I love that you made an active decision. I am going to spend all my money on I did. I, it, was a, it was a tedious and inactive decision. I had saved up for quite a bit. Because normally, uh, normally people end up realizing they're spending all their money on it but you just went nah i'm spending oh, all no. my money on this oh yeah i was fully aware I'm, i was gonna blow everything and i did <laughs> at what point did you have the most pops um earlier this year how much how many probably like 250 260 yeah what are you down yeah. to now oh man I'm, I'm probably down to like 30 really yeah, I, I'm doing a, a, a focus now and getting either the ones I really like and Clone Wars era kind of Funko Pops. So that's where I'm at. I, I love that your big decision in collecting it was big. is focusing on buying things that you like. Yeah, that's how it's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get it all, man. <laughs> so... How did you first come across Jason Ward from making Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, that's your, a story. Your, your, your pseudo-adopted uncle. Yes, yeah. Um, I was aware of his presence on Twitter when uh, we were the Wolfpack podcast. And initially, I believe he hated me. Uh, that's how he sounds with uh, Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> and so... I, I had written an article about uh, Ahsoka and Rebels, not knowing that I think he had a scoop about it on the WolfpackPodcast.com, and I didn't. I don't think I credited him because I wasn't aware of that whole like it was my first time writing. How old were you? Was recently, How old were you? Um. Well, this was this was, this was when she appeared in Rebels, so this must have um, like sixteen or seventeen at the time, and uh, he didn't. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. So he just told me the story recently. He's like, yeah. I was like, wow, he didn't credit me. And I'm like, yeah, so that sucks. And uh, a couple months later, I I think it was through his son, Luke, because I kept on seeing pictures of him and Luke. And I'm like, oh, that kid's pretty cute. And I, and I just realized that they were always taking pictures together. And I'm like, wait, is that Jason Ward from making Star Wars? And so I, 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 hit, I hit him up on uh, Twitter. And I said, do you want to come on the Wolfpack? And he was like, sure. So he came on the show 
right before Celebration Anaheim. And that was the first. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. First time we actually had like a conversation together. And uh, then we met up uh, a couple days before Celebration Anaheim at Disneyland. And he got me an Indiana Jones Fast Pass. And right there I knew, I'm like, this guy's legit. So he gave me a fast pass to the Indiana Jones ride. But then, like, it was literally as if we were listening to a monk or a priest. Because we were in the... <laughs> or a cult leader. Or, even better. And so we're, it's, it's the wolf pack, me and a couple other friends who are a part of the group. And they're all in one corner of this Disney Star Wars store, Okay. And Jason's in the front, and it's like a circle, and he's just like, I keep on seeing him raising his hands like that, talking. And I'm like, he was talking about the spoilers for The Force Awakens, which uh, I didn't he, want he, to know. He, he does this all the time. At, he has his own little mini panels. Yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so it's funny, because I'm on the other side of the store, because I didn't want to know anything. So it's, I believe my, my cousin was with me, and I think he was listening to Jason, too. So I think it was my cousin, my buddy Chris, my buddy Marco, and my buddy Nabil listening to him. And I'm on the other side watching. I'm like, man, I really want to know what's going on, but I didn't want any spoilers. So literally, they got the best Force Awakens panel they could have right there. And uh, they're, they're hearing all the spoilers. And and then Amanda came, and I was introduced to her that night. And uh, we rode Star Tours a couple times, me and Jason. And and uh, that was the first like official meeting, because I don't remember seeing him at Celebration at all. But then we like started texting a lot more, and we had got him on the show a couple more times. And then... It was the 2015 D23, I think, like, a couple weeks before that. And I hit him up, and I'm like, man, it would be cool if you had, like, a collecting segment for the site. Because there's a lot of, there's you know, that train's about to start going with Force Awakens. And he was like, sure, well, if you want to write for it and you want to do the, the collecting side of it. I'm like, all right. I was down with it for sure. It was kind of my first time going into the larger community. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I started writing for, for for making Star Wars on the collecting side. And... Obviously, you know, Jason sort of tutored you along with mm-hmm. uh, how to write for a website and stuff. What were some of the, like, the things that you were surprised that you had to know and all that sort of stuff? What was your, what was your teething problems? Um, I kept on writing there in different ways throughout the site, and I didn't do it properly. How, how does and this internet... was a how does the internet take to that? Oh my God. I got emails. And so <laughs> Jason constantly got emails from them. He called me up. He'd be like, dude, like, uh, um, I don't mean to like berate you, but he's like, I keep on getting emails about the spelling of there. This is how you did. He gave me like a breakdown of how to spend how, what, what meaning of each there was. And honestly, I've never forgotten that. And I've done it perfectly because of Jason. <laughs> like you would think that in school I would have been like, yeah, I get that. But Jason was like, no, here's your little chart of how to say things properly. And, and that's how I got that. But that was the biggest issue I had on the site. 
um, was writing there, right? Because people got pissed. Like people said, people said some 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 nasty things about myself. <laughs> oh yeah, illiterate was used quite a bit. Um, words I, I probably shouldn't say because they'd be offensive to some. So let me not. What do you feel like should been your biggest article, your big scoop? Well. The way it happened is I, I I started the collecting side of things and then I started doing just everything. So because I was on East Coast time and he was on West Coast when I was in Virginia, I I always posted like some of the big articles, like the trailers being released or like Entertainment Weekly articles during like Rogue One and 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 uh, Last Jedi and all that stuff. So I feel like I those were my big articles because I would post like some of the really big stuff but for rebels i felt like it had a lot of good stuff there um and then for collecting i think we got some scoops for collecting like we had like i think we got the release not the release date but hasbro confirmed to me like certain figures that were coming and uh that was probably my best article when like they confirmed to me that jedi master luke was coming in the force awakens line yeah that was uh that was a big one so if you enjoy the Steel Wars podcast and would like to keep it in production whilst also getting rid of some of that unsightly loose change around your home and car, consider joining the Steel Wars Content Club on Patreon.com. From just $1 a month, which is about 23 cents a week, whilst also getting access to our full classic episode library and exclusive audio versions of our hyper new show direct to your podcast feed. Or for $3 a month, you can get all that as well as weekly bonus shows like Making Steel Wars, The Robo Report, Juklin Strikes Back, Star Wars Year by Podcast with Horst Burkhart, and just this very second, our solo a Star Wars story commentary with Jason and Randy from Now This Is Podcasting and myself commenting all the way through your Blu-ray or digital download of Solo, A Star Wars Story. It is super fun. Plus, there are higher tiers with bonus stickers and t-shirts, but why not give the $1 or $3 tier a try to see how it feels to support some sweet, sweet content and get some bonus listening in return. That's patreon.com forward slash Wars. The link is in the show notes. Do you ever think how weird it is, like, collecting? Yeah, all, all the time. It's like this celebration of owning stuff and, and buying things. Like how, like, you know, like, I've got stuff here that I, I, I like to own. But do you ever reflect on how strange, uh, like, a, a thing that is? Well, I mean, I especially, and I started learning in California when I would constantly buy a collection and then sell it and then do that same process. Mm-hmm. where I was kind of like, I got to start focusing on stuff I just really like rather than being a completist. I think when you start to become a completist, issues will arise out of that because that's where the side of collecting I don't want to go back to because I find it a little too obsessive. Not obsessive over the brand itself, but you start to like lose it when you can't find certain things. And um, I, yeah, Sometimes I'll look at my pops and I'll be like, it's weird that I buy these. 
<laughs> you know, like you don't, you're right. It's, it's a weird thing collecting, and especially now that I'm in Florida with film school coming up and the knowledge I have to gain. I'm like, man, collecting doesn't matter right now in the grand scheme of things. Cause I always put it on such, I think when we're younger, we put it on such a big pedestal that we like, as we get older, we start realizing that yeah, that needs to change. That, that might just be you. And, and other people, yeah. but, but I do yeah. see a lot of people that do not, you know, they, they sort of judge fandom by, I own more stuff than you, so I'm more right. into stuff, which is interesting. Like, it, it's sort of this weird thing, like like Star Wars, like the message of Star Wars is to use your power to help other people. Do you know what I mean? Don't yeah. be greedy with your power. And... So that's, for me, a key message in Star Wars. But then you've got this fandom around a movie with this key message where it's like, bye, so you've got the most stuff. It, it, it's kind yeah. of strange. Well, it's always interesting to me, like when we would do the cargo hold, um, it would be you know, fully collecting. And we would look at the films in a different lens than most people would. Like you would look at it and like, I would look at it, especially when I would watch Clone Wars, I'd be like, that's going to be made into an action figure. That's going to be made into an action figure. That's going to come at some point. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy this. And I don't think the the normal viewer or even regular Star Wars fan that might buy one or two pops, they don't look at it through that lens at all. I don't think so. That's a, it's an interesting way, especially when you hear collecting podcasts and it's a completely different viewpoint than like, most have because even with the Hasbro stuff and I was Mm -hmm. up until episode two I was super down like I I had I was I had everything like I had yeah when I remember the attack of the clones first figures came out and that's when I was sort of like like I wasn't like it wasn't giving me that buzz like I, I sort of wasn't messing around with the figures or like I wasn't setting them up and stuff. And then I was like, oh, maybe I can do without, like, maybe this isn't, I'm just buying these out of habit yeah. sort of thing. And then I, I got into this really weird thing where I'd still, I'd go into toy shops all the time. Still. I'd never just go in for the sake, like when, when you're collecting, you drive to the mall to go to there. But yeah. you know, if, if I'm in a shopping center, I will go past every toy section in that shopping center Right. Just to, like, see what's there. Read the back of yeah. the cards and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And yeah. I, I used to always listen to um, the Star Wars action news. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I'd never buy anything, but I'd listen to them buying stuff. Right. And, and then discuss it. And that was sort of my collecting buzz. Sort of yeah. Thing like that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's strange that... Yeah, just... just own, like wanting to have ownership like I want I want a plastic figure of the film character I like it's yeah like, it's odd well and that was the same way though like for for completeness I bought every single thing up until last Jedi that's like literally dude I had everything mm-hmm. when last no I'm sorry up until Rogue One when Rogue One came out I was just kind of like man I, I realized how much I was spending on them and I'd remembered like when I was growing up with Clone Wars, I'm like I, I had some good figures from there, but I wasn't feeling the, and it might've been the post force awakens merchandise burnout 
where I was I was like, man, I'm spending probably a grand every five months on action figures that like you were saying, I wasn't posing them. I wasn't messing around with them anymore. I didn't even put them on my shelf. Like they were just like tucked away and I'm like, yeah, they don't matter. So for me, like going forward, I'm focusing a lot more on, on anything clone wars related is, is stuff that I'm interested in. Cause that's kind of my favorite era. And then I'll pick things up here. Like I bought that. Um, I don't know if you see it, like the Luke Skywalker crate Funko. Uh, like it's it's sick looking. Yeah, no, I don't think I've seen that one yet. I don't think That's I've cool. seen that. I've got. Cool. I, I've currently in my collection. I think I've got two Funko Pops, Corey. Okay. Guess which ones? Snoke, both of them. Good guess. All right. Well. Yeah. Well <laughs> yeah, I mean that makes sense. Well, I, I like your figure arts collecting though. Yeah, I don't think I can continue with it. Uh-oh. Yeah, I sort yeah. of... of um, like, I like I like them coming out. I'm sort of hitting the same like thing where I'm just like... Yeah. They're, they're sort of reaching a point where there's quite a few of them now and they're going to bring out a lot more. And I'm sort of like, am I getting the right buzz out of this? Right. Well, let's pick and choose them. You know, I mean, that Hot Toys uh, Luke Skywalker crate that's coming out, like, you don't have to buy every Hot Toys, but, but yeah, stuff like that, I, you know, if you pick up from time to time is, is cool. Because I was collecting Hot Toys, like, full on at one point from, I think I told you about this. You were around when this was happening. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll stick to the figure arts Luke. I'll just keep them. You could do that. Yeah, that'd be a cool display. Mm. Because you, you've sent me this picture of this uh, figure arts crate, Luke, and mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's pretty great. Yeah. Not sure, not sure, but you know, you've got I've got I've got a little boy to feed now. He can't eat. Luke, I know. Luke Skywalker crate figures, unfortunately. No, he cannot. And if he did, I'd probably get mad at him because. There's far more economical ways to stay nourished, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well. But then there's the other thing of just like, I can just live without it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what you can do if you're like, man, that's a cool figure. Look up images. Check, look at the image and be like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. The, the one thing I'm um, never getting out of is the itty bitties because they're just so cheap. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I get yeah. I get the same buzz, like it's the same, like, like I probably get better value for money as yeah. far as like buzz from, um, you know, a seven dollar itty bitty than a, a sixty dollar figure arts. Well, that's how I felt about the pops. That's why I was buying them because I'm like, you know, for nine dollars a piece, I get the same thrill out of some of them that I would a hot toy. So. Why wouldn't I just get the nine dollar thing versus the three hundred dollar thing? Yeah, um, right. Yeah, and that's actually my biggest collecting issue right now. Is last year I sold off ninety five percent of my entire collection, and I had I don't know if you've seen, and I'll have to show you this after we're done recording. But when I used to do the Wolf Pack, I used to have a display behind me that was my entire collection, and dude, it was like. Oh, I've seen that in video. You've seen that, yes. So 95% of that is gone now. 
and I sold all that last year. And so I have a couple of Clone Wars things left, but I'm 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 going back and, and picking up piece, like I want to re rebuild that Clone Wars collection, dude. The prices for those figures are freaking ludicrous right now. Like they are they're they're rare. Like this is going to be a line that might be on par with the vintage figures in 20 years because the prices are like in the hundreds. Really? Hasbro Clone Wars. Hasbro Clone Wars, yep. Wow. There's you're not going to find one below like 15 bucks or 20 bucks. Like you're especially if you want to get like a Captain Rex, you're going to pay 30 bucks, 50 bucks. If you want to get an Ahsoka and like the updated outfit, you're paying 200 bucks, 150 bucks. So. No why, really? Yeah, dude. It's I, I feel really great that I sold most of those for retail. So <laughs> So you're in Virginia and you're writing the collector's segment for um makingstarwars.net or the collector's column or covering collector yeah. games. That's your beat. Covering mm-hmm. blister packs the world over. Yeah. Then all of a sudden from Virginia, somehow you are in California living in Jason Ward's apartment complex. How did this yeah. happen? How did this happen, Corey? Yeah, so we went from Virginia to Chicago and we were going to renew a lease for the apartment in, in Chicago. But I, I was going to go to California anyways in a couple of years. My, I've always been interested in filmmaking and all that stuff. And I actually I put that on hold for a bit because I wanted to like pursue journalism because I was pretty interested in, in writing and the way we were doing things and Jason teaching me. And so I, I was kind of feeling that. So uh, I, I called Jason up and I said, hey, we can either renew this lease or I can just come move down there and we can work with each other in person instead of having to work with each other, you know, like not doing stuff together the way we want to do them. Because we had a lot of plans and a lot of ideas we wanted to do together, which ended up actually happening, you know, throughout the, the, the couple of months. We talked about getting me on Alice's podcasting, and I know we had talked about that for a while, but obviously I couldn't do it because I wasn't there. And then the the writing stuff, covering events together was always easier if we were in person. So I let him know. I'm like, what, what do you think about this idea? And he was like, you know, if you're going to come here anyways, go for it. So I moved down like two weeks later. But did, and, did, did uh, he go out there and help you move? He So he, he went out to Virginia to help me move to Chicago, uh, which was a, about a four-month venture of living in Chicago uh-huh. and then moving to to California. So when I moved to California, I told Jason I was starting to get back into the filmmaking aspect of it, like wanting to do film school. And so he was giving me advice on what colleges I should go to and what things I should 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 look into. Well, let's not get too far ahead, just in case you have other questions. <laughs> I don't know. The whole thing is so weird how, you know, you just emailed someone about some toys and then all of a sudden you're on the other side of the country living in their apartment <laughs> complex. It's... Yeah. I mean, this was obviously we'd known each other for like four years, three, four years at this point. Because so I, like, I was when I met you in yeah. person, like at... Uh, Randy's house, and we're about to do a podcast. I was like, "What's this dude doing here?" Like, yeah, <laughs> he like he yeah. right to the website, and he moved he moved out into the co- like. I was like, "Is anyone else think it's weird that he lives in your 
apartment complex now? Like, yeah. Well, I think one thing that I I don't I haven't talked about publicly is when. So I'd gotten sick between like twenty fifteen to like twenty seventeen. So it'd been like two years of trying to figure out what was going on. But one thing that I always appreciated was I think pretty much every day, if not every other day, Jason would call me and we would talk for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half a day about what was going on. I would tell him like stuff about, about what was going on with the doctors and all this stuff. So he was always very supportive and like there for me when all this stuff was happening, which was like uh, something that that's where our friendship like really, I think, grew a lot more. And then when he came down to help us move, uh, and because I actually, I okay, so it was December of 2016 when Rogue One came out, and I flew down to go see it with him. And we spent about a week and a half together just doing stuff and whatnot, and that's where I really was like, man, I, I hope one day I'm able to come down here and you and me can actually work together and do all this stuff together. And so, obviously, that happened like a year later, but um, like people don't know that, that obviously like there's a, a good bond between me and him that goes deeper than star Wars and all that. So it's not like, cause I understand the perspective and I always wonder, I'm like, are people going to think it's weird that like I flew down here for a star Wars site without probably knowing the guy too much, but I had known him very well at that point. Like he, he shared stuff with me. I shared stuff with him about stuff in our lives. So it was very, uh, yeah. The, the, the thing that made it weirder for me. Yeah. Was that like your mum moved as well? Yeah. Because was, like if someone just like, yeah. oh, I moved into the same apartment complex as my friend. It's like, oh, okay. Right. But it's like me and my mum moved into the same yeah. apartment complex as my friend. Well, she got to, she also got to know Jason and Amanda pretty well and, and, and the kids and all that. So there was always a communication, I think, between them as well. Mm-hmm. So there was like, it wasn't. Like she did not know who they were. She was very familiar with them. And like as she came with me when we visited them and did all that stuff because she she loves loves their kids and the kids have a really good bond with her and all that. So um, it, it it worked out in that in that sense that she was able to have time with the kids and all that. And because um, you know before moving out, I, I moving there, I I'm like I don't know how this is gonna work. Like you know, but but at the same time she knew that I was going down there to, to, to pursue something, which I obviously was, which was outside of the making star Wars stuff with college and all that. And, uh, I, I, uh, so, yeah. So then that's kind of, that was the deciding factor. And all that. So, so what's happening with your health now? Are you all good? I, I, I'm yeah. Really, yeah. Uh, actually, you, you'd never spoken to me about this. No. I, yeah. I'm, you know, like, better than I was a couple of years back, but it was just a lot of, I always had like stomach issues with anyways, a bunch of stuff. And I, it took a while to figure out what it was. Gotcha. Uh, but if at any time, Corey, yeah. if at any time that, you know, you're worried that maybe your life would be cut a bit short or a lot short by whatever was going on. Yeah. You would know well that you lived life to the fullest and left that school dance to go watch Clone Wars. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I didn't waste a second. Nope, not one. <laughs> oh my God. No, that's out there. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh, God. I had recently told that to a couple people, and they were just like, come on, man. Uh, yeah, so, I, but, you know, one of the greatest moments of being in California, the, the greatest moment of being in California was the lead-up to San Diego Comic-Con <laughs> with this Clone Wars freaking panel. And me and Jason had this debate for like prior to the, that that panel ever being announced. Where I'm like, dude, I wonder when they're going to bring Clone Wars back. And he's just like, dude, I don't know what it might not happen for another ten years. I'm just like, nah, dude. I, I, it's like it seems like it would be, you know, it'd be cool if they brought it back. So this was a debate going on since like January of this year, and then when they announced the the Comic Con panel, I, I, I like, I'm like, yeah, dude. So it's going to happen. They're bringing it back. And then when D. Bradley Baker teases something big was going to happen, I must have texted Jason like 25 times. And I'm like, hey, man, this means something. He's like, it means nothing. I'm like, no, no, no. It means something, Jason Ward. I'm saying it right now. And so when we did the podcast, I think you were there. We all had that bet. Was it going to happen? Everybody said no, but I said yes. And then during the, uh, the night before the Clone Wars panel, I'm sure the audience is aware that Steele told me a lie about how there would be no Clone Wars announcement that next a, it, day. It wasn't a lie. It no, was, it, uh, it was it was a helpful. Uh, you were helping me. I appreciate that. It was that. a favor. I, it was a yeah, which I think made it that much better though, because like my my hope was dead, even though I kept on saying it was going to happen. I'm like, ah, I still have hope. So like even, and I remember like as soon as the Lucasfilm logo came up, I went like this right to Steele. <laughs> And Jason, but they're still looking at the screen, and I, I stare for a good ten seconds. I'm like, uh huh. I know you guys see me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was that was incredible. That was a great freaking like. You guys were a part of the Clone Wars revival. What do you How mean? You were a part of it. We were just you were there. part of. It. We were you there. were there, but you, 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 yeah, you know, we were more more a witness than a more a bystander than a part of. Yeah, but like. Dave Filoni could have been a part of it with me, you know, when I watched it, but you guys were there. Have you ever met Dave Filoni? Uh, I've interviewed him on the Wolfpack. I've met him a couple times, yeah. Okay. How's your relationship with him? Yeah. Uh, we're, 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 we're good buds, you know. Uh, he, I'm assuming he came on my podcast because it was the Wolfpack podcast. Uh-huh. And, like, we had a good hour or, like, 45-minute chat about Clone Wars. This was after season six aired and he came on the show and we just chatted for like 45 minutes about it. And, uh, I had, I met him the year later at celebration Anaheim with like a, a meet, a private meet and greet just between me and him and a couple friends. And sounds it was, so sketchy. It, it, it was, uh, it was a good time. A private that video, meet and greet. A private meet and greet. Yeah. A v, a v, it was for the celebration, like VIP pass holders. Ah, you could meet Cause you had the sweet, sweet laminate. Cause I, what about um? You're obviously a huge fan of his work, Dave Filoni. Yeah. Have, mm-hmm. you, have you ever thought in tribute? You know, Jason in tribute. I think constantly wears flannel. Is a tribute to George Lucas. Have you thought, right. Have you thought about rocking a hat, Filoni style, in tribute to the great man? Um, no, but that can certainly start. Probably not a good way to establish yourself at college. Yeah, I mean, but maybe, maybe no, people no, no. want Corey. This is you, you walking around your university with that hat. 
that that is you eternally leaving the dance to go watch Clone Wars. Yeah, you're right on that part. Yeah, so no, it's probably not going to happen for a while. But uh, when, I, when you know when I get into the, when I direct the Clone Wars film one day, I'll be wearing that hat the entire time as I'm doing it. And I'll say that you had the you gave me the recommendation. Nice, nice. So how long were you in California for? Mm, Ten months. Ten months. And Ten months. Yeah. And you guessed it on a lot of now this is podcasting episodes. And we went through many things. We really like yeah. dissected your life. What, what, yeah. What was, what yeah. Some of, the, what was some of the big learning moments? What, 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 how, how different is the Corey that left California than the Corey that arrived in California? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, there were things that I didn't anticipate with those, those, those segments. I had started out, now this is podcasting a little bit like, not too talkative because I wasn't sure like I was getting your guys's flow before I jumped into it. The aggression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wasn't like, I don't know how to do the, the whole, you know, talking with you guys. And I think you were there for like the second episode I did. And I, I didn't really, I mean, I know who you were, but like we hadn't really talked before, but then like, I think it was the next time I'm just like, I'm just going to start talking, which in hindsight might have been a mistake. Um, <clears throat> I started uh, talking. It's weird because I remember the first time and you were very quiet. And, I was very quiet, and, yeah. And then it was like, oh my God, this dude, when every time... Then it was different. It's a, yeah. it's a journey. I like. Yeah, well, you went on vacation for about a month, I think. And then you returned and I'm like, let's go. What's up? Hey, Steel. Nice to see you again, bud. I'm going to run this podcast tonight. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's about what happened. <laughs> so... The the greatest thing I've learned is this is something that's brought up. I haven't seen I've seen films, but I haven't seen the some of the greats. Gotcha. For whatever reason, I decided to bring that up on the podcast, and it was it ended up turning to like a three hour conversation of Jason, Sal, and Randy eating pizza and drinking soda, watching me digress throughout this episode of of what I don't know. But I think the 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 most interesting thing was the Crocs because. Um, I I don't kid when I say this. There was a lot of Virginia where people in Virginia that wore Crocs. Now I recently spoke to my dad about that, and he says I'm straight up lying. Um, but I think uh, don't people maybe not so much now, but didn't at one point yeah. everywhere wear Crocs a lot? There was there was a phase, yeah. There was a big Croc movement at one point. Um, I've told you my Croc origin story. Sure. Yes, you have. You have. So for people that, I'm not sure if we said this on a podcast or not, but I was at a surf and skate trade show in. It must have been maybe about 2005, between 2005 2010, and in the foyer of one of these trade shows where everyone like travels from around the world to show their new surf and skate clothing and then people buy it. And this guy was talking about how he had this new shoe. He was from Florida or somewhere and he, it was like this molded shoe that was going to, you know, do huge things. He had a lot of interest in it and stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember just thinking that shoe sounds heinous. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've never been able to work out whether it was Crocs he was talking about or a Croc-like product. But I always feel like it, it, it's like I, I bumped into a guy in robes and then it turned out it was Sheev Palpatine. 
Like, do you know what I mean? That's that's my right. Croc origin story. Wow. Yeah, I I find that fascinating that that happened even before I was born. Like you were, <laughs> you 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 could have stopped it before it happened. I could have stopped it. <laughs> if I could go back time and and, and kill the inventor of Crocs. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I, I would like to think that whenever you're getting roasted on the show, like it was a celebration. Like I, I'm a fan of your crazy stories, and cool. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of your tangents, and yeah. But at any point where you just like, I am over this. These yeah. dudes suck. Yeah. What was it? <laughs> every, every night. No. uh no, um, I think, I don't remember what it was, but I think the next day Jason came up to me and was like, hey, man, we're not uh, pushing you too far, are you? I'm like, nope. Not at all. No, I, in all honesty, dude, I've never felt that with, 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 with those guys, except for when I was trying to read my Clone Wars stuff. <laughs> Aside from that. Uh, except when you were trying to read a 4,000-word essay my on 4,000-word essay, yeah. Uh, aside from that, no, I've always felt, and I've told Randy, Jason, you this all the time, I've said it on the podcast, it's always been like just fun for us to go down that route. I've always, I do like when I, you know, obviously making you guys laugh is, is an awesome um, pleasure. So that's always great. And uh, no, I always felt like it was, it was all in good fun. Everybody would make fun of each other. Obviously I was 90% of that, but it was still, uh, I never found it. Because people always ask me that. They're like, do you feel insulted or do you feel like, you were you're being bullied. I'm like, no, these are my friends. We're having a good time. That's the the end of it. If I was ever like really like, hey, you guys need to stop. There was plenty of times I could have uh, intervened and they would have stopped. So, no, I've always enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I was just interested because I was, you know, people take things a different way and like you know, people right. from different cultures and stuff like that. And I was always just like, I just want to. I want to present him with this topic and I want to see what his response will right. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all in good fun. And we had Absolutely. we had we had quite a few great late nights. Well, and and here's the thing that a lot of people don't know. Because I've done first order transmissions for X amount of years, if you go back and listen to a lot of those episodes, I got the same crap from those guys too. Like <laughs> this is this was not the first time I was prepared already. As a matter of fact, so where I'm at right now in Florida, about 10 minutes away from me, my, my buddy, one of my best friends that I've known basically my whole life, my co-host in the bill lives down the street from me, the first order transmissions. And this week I was saying things to him and he looked at me and he goes, am I going to have to start tweeting out the things you tell me like Jason does? And I'm like, because, you know, Jason tweets out my stupidity. And uh, Nabil was, is, is considering going down that path. I don't think it's your stupidity. I think it's your... My lack of knowledge. Your, we'll put it that way. Your eccentricness, I think, is uh, what I'm delighted in. Well, I mean, Nabil's always been... Him and my buddy Chris and Marco, they've always made sure to, to, to bring up when I say stuff. Kind of like how you guys did it on First Order. And uh, some of them had listened to Analysis Podcasting. And they're like, oh my god, it's epic! They're they're like, this is this is the greatest thing ever. So my buddy Jason from Yak Face, who is on First Order, we're on the, we're, before we do a podcast. He's like, Corey, uh, he he said a line from now. This is podcasting, and I'm like, holy crap! They freaking know about it. 
So, yeah, I've got, like, from now this is podcasting to first order, I'm used to it. So, we, we, we became so endeared with your Corey stories, but I, yes. I'm interested, what story got the biggest reaction that you thought was just nothing and just regular? Like, it was just like, yeah, of course people do that. But then when you told it on air, we were just like, what yeah. is happening? I think it was the story where I told you guys about how my friend recorded music from Disneyland. Uh, and I thought it was a weird story, but like, dang, man, like, that got that got the views. Run us through it, run us through it. Yeah, so my buddy uh, who works at Disneyland down in California would go and record music from his job in Disneyland, and he would record it on his, I don't know, his phone or whatever, the, you know, probably an entire day's worth, would go back into his car and play it. He's been working there for about 15 years. And I remember I went in his car once and we're driving, and he's playing it, and the first thought I have in my mind is I need to get out because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mortified. You know, you hear the moment he turned on the radio, the first thing you hear is mommy, I want some ice cream. And that's because there's a girl walking past his phone as he's recording this music. Oh. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I turn around. And he's like, yeah, I record some of the music and my job that you can't get anywhere else. And the entire ride it was about 40 minute ride back home. And that's all I kept on hearing. And another buddy of mine was in the car with me, and he looks at me and he's like, "What? Uh, what's going on?" And and still, it was scary. Like, <laughs> can you imagine that? Like, you you don't know what do you do? And then on top of that, he's he's there's uh, like we're on the, the the highway. He's driving like a maniac. So I'm, 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 I feel like I'm going to crash on top of this music, which is already psycho enough. And, uh, yeah, that was the first story I told and you guys ate it up. It's <laughs> <laughs> good right. stuff. So you're in Florida and uh, you're studying at film school. What, what do you hope to end up being? Like what's your, well, I'm going for the, the film degree. So, you know, learning cinematography and directing and screenwriting and all that. So I'm really into that. That's kind of what I'm going for. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I'm studying. So obviously I've been really looking at films in a different light. And I've been watching a lot of the classics over the last couple of weekends and getting into that mindset. I feel already more educated than I was before. So that's good. Um, but that's what I'm trying to do here. Nice. And then one day, you know, you, you can sell your franchise and we can all complain that they didn't keep making films the correct way. Oh, absolutely. That, yeah, I'm ready for that. Nice. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So, so, Corey, thanks so much for um, hanging out and talking. It's always good Anytime, to you. Anytime, man. I, I, I dearly miss you. I miss you too, man. So, um I, I feel like we, we, we became quite a good pair at, at Comic-Con. We became... We did. We just turned we into content machines. We did. We were the duo. Yeah, for sure. We were making content and slamming bad burgers. Yes. The 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 Seven Eleven cheeseburgers was oh, our thing. That was... That's how you make content by. That's, that's what gets it going. 
gets it up was. in the news. So with, I, I feel like I know your answer to this, but we always wrap up the podcast with finding out what, what people are most looking forward to in Star Wars or would most <laughs> like to happen. Oh, boy. Yes. Do I dare say it's the return of the Clone Wars? It is indeed. You got it. What, what do you hope goes down, though? What do you want to um, see? I want to see 12 brand new episodes. I, I don't want... Look. Okay, you're marketing it to me as 12 new episodes, StarWars.com says. I don't want four new episodes with eight animatic episodes I've already seen. I want 12 brand new episodes. Okay, so for maybe people that aren't, that weren't following StarWars.com at that time, they they put up animatics of some unfinished episodes for people to watch. Yeah. What episodes were they? What what, what went down? Yeah, so it was an Utapau arc that featured Anakin and Obi-Wan investigating this death of a Jedi where they end up finding the Death Star um, crystals that the Separatists are trying to take, and they're massive kyber crystals um, <clears throat> meant for the Death Star, so supposedly. U- which planet's Utapau? It's the one in Episode 3 where Obi-Wan kills Grievous. So he goes back to that planet again. He does, yeah. And uh, this this arc is something where you, you deal with the re- repercussions of Ahsoka leaving the temple and how that reflects on Anakin and... Uh, his his real feelings about that, and it's a really good arc. But you know, that's out. And then the You've second one was, yeah, the second one was the Bad Batch, which features like the return of a uh, clone trooper Echo, who you thought died in uh, season three, and he ends up coming back, and it's he's like all robotic now. It's crazy. And um, really, have you seen these? Nah, I'll, I'll Google it after the show. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. You, you remember Echo and Fives, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Echo comes back after being blown up at the Citadel and he's got like things connected to his head. And it's, it's, it is pretty terrifying and and cool at the same time. But, um, that arc was pretty cool, but again, we've seen it. Um, I, I still think, and I've said this on this is podcasting. I still think we're getting 12 brand new episodes plus those eight fully animated that I think that's, what's going to happen, but we'll see. What have I told you, Corey? Getting your hope over, over. Well, like I'm not going to be. Here's the thing: I won't be disappointed if if that's the route they end up going with, anyways. And it's like just four new episodes because at that point, any Clone Wars we get was never supposed to happen. So I can't even be disappointed if it's you know the same episodes we've gotten. Like more power to it if they end up putting more out. But you know whatever we get, and if it concludes the show in the right way, that's great. When I, it's funny because like one of the, like for years I wanted to work at Lucasfilm specifically to bring back this show. I bet you I annoyed the crap out of Jason because I would always text them like random days and like, hey man, plan to work at Lucasfilm to bring back Clone Wars. It's like oh, that's cool. <laughs> so we'll see. You'd have to work yourself up the uh, corporate ladder pretty high to be able to make to enact that sort of change. We we start with film school. yes sir (laughs) very cool well Corey where can the good people of the internet track you down buddy yeah you can uh, we're on YouTube at First Order Transmissions so 
I'm going to make a transition into making that more of a uh, Star Wars Marvel. I'm going to probably call it a different name pretty soon, but it's going to be a, a it's a YouTube show that we do weekly with different content and a bunch of videos. Uh, me and my buddy Nabil did like toy runs the entire week that we're posting right now. And uh, we're just a lot of interviews with different actors. We, we just interviewed James R. O. Taylor from the Clone Wars, and that was a lot of fun. So if you guys are interested in YouTube stuff and you want to follow me somewhere, go check that out. I'm at, um, on Twitter at, at Corey underscore Wolfpack, and I'm sure you'll see me writing for Making Star Wars. So Nice. You know, I, I, yeah. It'd be fun to if you did YouTube reviews of all these classic movies that you're watching. I should. I should do that, like, right after, before and after. I should do something like that. Like, just, you know, I, I want to see what your review of Gone gone with the wind is do you know what i mean yeah okay you're casablanca i want to see what you think i know what you think about iron man 2 (laughs) yeah i want to know about casablanca it was funny you posted your photo you're checking out film school and you're saying how there's star wars posters and then there's other posters yeah yeah and i was like yeah watch all the movies next to the star wars posters (laughs) exactly no, they, they should uh, be yeah. pretty good. They should be pretty yeah. good. Alrighty, Corey. Well, it was so good to catch up, buddy. And yeah, yeah. Uh, likewise, we really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you soon. Have fun in Florida, and Thank may you. that force be with you, buddy. Right back at you. Hey, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that super fun episode with my pal Corey Van Dyke. I one of the things I love about Star Wars is it brings us with all these different people and I just I'm I'm very thankful to Star Wars that I'm buddies with Corey and so many of you guys that we would not have met unless it was for these silly films that we enjoy so much. Don't forget our hyper new show, which is the reformatted style listener call-in show that also live streams in full video on YouTube is now at two regular times. If you're in the United States, Tuesday and Friday evenings and say you're in Australia, it is Wednesday and Saturday morning. So we're getting a lot more Australian callers, which is great. Love hearing my accent repeated to me on the Saturday shows because people have uh, the day off work and school and all that good stuff. And you can watch that live or on demand at youtube.com forward slash Wars. Hit the little subscription thing and the bell. You'll get alerts of us going live. And you can also chat with uh, a bunch of great Steel Wars listeners or viewers in the YouTube chat room. And also, if you're watching on delay, you can pull that up and watch what people were talking about when it was happening live, which for some reason I find really delightful. So check out the Steel Wars Hyper News either live or on demand at youtube.com forward slash Steel Wars. Now, this could be the last interview episode I put up before I become a father, which is very exciting, but I have been stockpiling a few interviews 
to make sure that uh, your content is still flowing whilst I'm trying to learn how to care for a very small human. One of those interviews is actually a, a very short but super fun interview with Darth Maul himself, Ray Park. So look out for that one. I recorded that when I was doing some uh, solo story work for Studio 10 in Australia. So keep an eye out if you're in Australia on my social media because I will tweet when that full uh, solo story for Studio 10 will be on their show. But you guys will get to hear the full interview on but yeah, as I was saying, um, maybe next week, maybe in the next hour, maybe in a week and a couple of days. You, you, you don't know with this sort of thing. I do know, though, that my time after the baby's born is going to be of the essence. So I am asking you guys... Uh, to help out a little bit in potting it forward or supporting the podcast if you can. The easiest thing you can do is just to retweet the episode or share it on Facebook or tell someone that you enjoyed it and uh, build up our listenership numbers. Uh, Listener word of mouth is the best way to do it. If you are uh, an iTunes user, uh, please uh, give us a sweet five-star review and uh, a nice little comment because that bumps us up the rankings and lets other potential listeners know we are doing good things. If you want to support us in a small financial manner, which is so appreciated, join us on the Steel Wars Content Club. Now, for $1, you support the podcast, get an exclusive feed that gives you every classic episode of Steel Wars, all the interviews and interruption free without the little ads in the middle of the show. So you might have noticed we just leave the full length versions of the last 25 episodes or so up and then have little highlight clips of the older ones. And then for $1 a month, you can access all those classic episodes, many of them are very timeless. As well as that, you will get audio versions of our YouTube Hyper News show. So you don't have to get that up on the screen. You can listen to it in the car or while you're at work or all that sort of good stuff. It works equally good as audio. And there's two of those a week. So all that for, I think it's like 23 cents a week on the dollar tier. The $3 tier, which is our most popular tier, that gets you all of that on an exclusive feed as well as our bonus shows that we record weekly. And just looking at the Patreon feed in the last month on the $3 tier, there has been 15 audio shows posted. We've got the full-length episodes. We've got a few hyper news episodes. We've got the Robbo Report with Robbo. We've got a Struthers Wars. An episode of Making Steel Wars, which uh, actually Jason Ward and I will be recording a follow-up to that episode tomorrow. And our brand new show, The Star Wars You by Podcast, where Hawes, Burkhart, and myself of the Blue Harvest Podcast go through the history of Star Wars year by year whilst going through the Star was year by year book and that is available in audio and exclusive video as well 
And just uploaded, we have our full solo commentary that you can play along while watching solo or it also works if you just listen to it like a normal podcast but it is myself randy laguduche and jason ward from making star wars commenting debating discussing everything that goes down in solo a star wars story so that's like it's like two hours and 18 of bonus content right there. So check all that out. It really helps the podcast uh, keep going, especially these days, trust me. And uh, that's uh, $3 or $1 a month at patreon.com forward slash steel wars. And we also have our t-shirt sale on at the moment at Mercho store. All the links are in the show notes, but if you use the coupon code baby, you get 33% off your t-shirt or sticker order for this month but maybe i'll just keep it going until the baby's born so if you're just listening to this now check it out because it brings the t-shirts down to about 14.50 as cheap as they've ever been and uh just to get some cash and empty out uh some of the cupboard space pre-baby i appreciate you uh listening to my plugs I've said it before, but making the Steel Wars podcast is, is one of my favorite things to do in life. And with a bit of your support, whether it's uh, just by spreading the word or a couple of bucks a month, it, uh, it really helps us to be able to continue to do this in a meaningful way and keep the, the quality of the content up. So I so appreciate everyone that supports the podcast, either just in letting me know I'm uh, they're enjoying what I'm doing or by flinging us a couple bucks or grabbing a t-shirt, all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much. It's going to be a big week. <laughs> and may that force be with you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. If you're after more Star Wars listening, please check out the Making Star Wars Podcast Network at makingstarwars.net, where you can find such great podcasts as Blue Harvest, First Order Transmissions, Idiots Array, Making Star Wars Now This Is Podcasting, Podcast 2187, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, Tarkin's Top Shelf, The Cargo Hold, and The Sith List. So that's planetbroadcasting.com and makingstarwars.net. Los Angeles tickets are now on sale for our final live podcast of the year at Geeky Tees Magnolia Boulevard, Burbank, on Saturday, December 15th at 4pm. For the first time ever, we'll be doing a live podcast version of our annual listener prediction review show, where we review all the Star Wars news predictions that you guys made at the start of the year. I'll be joined on stage by a grip of previous Steel Wars guests, along with the live audience, to help us decide who was the Jedi Master Star Wars predictor for 2018. And spoiler alert, I did not fare well in this competition. It's going to be a hilarious afternoon of live Star Wars fun, Saturday, December 15th, 4pm at Geeky Tees Burbank. Tickets are on sale at merchostore.com. 
The link is in the show notes. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.